um, one of uh, this time. So it's our 48th Alpha course we've just finished. Um, and uh, just want to read um, one of the feedback sheets. Um, not all of it, obviously, but um, why did you decide to do the Alpha course? I felt I needed to know more about Christianity, but I also felt a calling towards it. Would you call yourself a Christian when you started the course? No. Were you attending a church regularly? No. How would you now describe yourself in terms of the Christian faith? I would describe myself as a believer in Jesus and that I want to follow him and his ways as best I can and tell people about him. In what ways did you benefit from attending the Alpha course? Alpha has really changed my life for the better. Isn't that brilliant? I think it's a bit more brilliant than that, actually. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for supporting it in prayer. And to all of you who cooked delicious food, that again came out the most enjoyable thing on the Alpha course. <laughs> Closely followed by my talks, but the food. There you go. So we're going to read from the Bible now from Luke and uh, chapter 2, and reading from verse 41 to 51. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival, according to the custom. And after the festival was over, while his parents were still returning home, the boy, Jesus, stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking that he was in their company, they traveled on for a day, then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. And when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? Jesus said. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. This um, story comes just after the nativity stories in Luke. And Luke is the only gospel writer who includes a story from Jesus' childhood. We sometimes wonder what happened you know, between that time as, as he was a grumpy teenager and all those things. But this is the only story that we have. And uh, it must have come from Mary. There must have been that source, Mary, who treasured up all these things. It concerns an annual trip to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. It was one of the highlights of the year as they made way uh, from Nazareth in Galilee to Jerusalem. And they would have celebrated with thousands and thousands of other pilgrims. And they would have celebrated that great deliverance from slavery out of Egypt, how, how God brought his people out of slavery by his mighty hand, led them to the promised land. They would have celebrated rescue and freedom and salvation. But why of all the stories maybe that could have included, why does Luke include this one story? We're going to think about that this morning. But before we do that, we're going to watch a video clip, if it works. 
this? Megan, give this to Brooke. Give this to Kevin, give this to Kevin. Give this to Kevin. Give this to Kevin. And why that's quite funny is because actually it's happened before to her. So if we're able to do that. James, if we've got that other one quickly, that'd be grand. Callister family left on their Christmas vacation. Did we miss the flight? No, you just made it. They forgot one small thing. Have yourself. I've a terrible feeling. Did you lock up? Yeah. Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm-hmm. What else could we be forgetting? Our troubles will be ours. Kevin! It was a much longer trailer, but, um, and I thought you'd enjoy the trailer more than the point I was making, so we've cut it short. <laughs> I remember uh, one Sunday morning, Hermie and I uh, arrived back home. Morning service had gone really well, and um, we both got in the door, and we said to each other, where's Karis? And Hermie said, I thought you had her. And I said, I thought you had her. And in those days, we were meeting at the High Street building, so it wasn't far to run, thankfully. And there was Carius, oblivious of anything, playing with the crash toys. And she still doesn't know it to this day, so please don't tell her. <laughs> Why this story in Luke's Gospel? Mary and Joseph had been to Jerusalem for the big festival, the Passover. They traveled from Nazareth in Galilee. They went every year, Luke tells us. And in those days, they would have traveled in a huge sort of caravan with all the rallies and, and all the family friends together for that great pilgrimage. And at the end of the festival, we're told, they set off again back to Nazareth. And they just assumed that Jesus was part of the group. So they traveled for a whole day. And then they started looking for Jesus. Jesus is 12 years old. And I just wonder, just like that Home Alone clip, if Mary had a Jesus moment. Luke tells us it was a day traveling back. And then he says, after three days, they found him. So I'm not sure if it includes the day out, day back, and one day looking, or whether it was day out, day back, and three days looking. But imagine the anxiety. 
searching for Jesus in Jerusalem. Jerusalem would have been packed with pilgrims. And after three days, they found him. Where did they find him? They found him in the temple courts, sitting calmly among the teachers of the law, among all the learned in the hierarchy of religious Judaism. And contrast Mary and Joseph's response to Jesus' calm response. Mary just blurts out an accusation and uh, may be tinged with a mixture of guilt and relief. But instead of saying, Mary, instead of saying, I am so sorry, Jesus, that we did this to you, that we left you, she says what most parents would understand. How could you do this to us, Jesus? You worried us sick. Your father and I have been so anxious. And Jesus replies, and these, we think, are the first ever recorded words of Jesus. Twelve years old. Why were you searching for me? As if to say, didn't you know where I would be? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? And Luke says that they didn't quite understand what he said. I know some families keep notes of the cute things their children say or keep them on video. Luke tells us that Mary treasured all these things in her heart. And her heart is already full of treasure. She's already treasured that meeting with the angel Gabriel. When the angel Gabriel says, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. And the word Jesus, the name Jesus means God saves, God's salvation. He will be the son of God. That's a treasure already in her, in her heart. And does he treasure the, the words of the shepherds who came prompted by an army of angels who declare to the shepherds a, a savior has been born he is the Messiah, the Christ, and his kingdom will never end. Did she treasure that in her heart? And then when Jesus was just eight days old, we look at, looked at this last week, how she encountered with Joseph, Simeon and Anna in the temple courts. And Simeon prophesied that Jesus would be the Christ, the savior of the world. Not the savior just of Israel, but the whole world. And he also prophesied that a sword would pierce her own soul too, prophesying that future crucifixion of Jesus. Not to forget the visiting Magi when they were still there in Bethlehem. The wise men bringing their gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. All these things Mary treasured in her heart. And now Jesus is 12 years old and he says one of the most amazing things that we may just gloss over when we read the passage. We don't understand how amazing it is what Jesus actually says. Them rushing back to Jerusalem reminds me of one of my favorite accounts in Luke's gospel when Jesus is actually arisen from the dead and he appears to two people who are leaving Jerusalem. And he, he appears to them on the road to Emmaus. And when they understand that Jesus is alive, they rush back to Jerusalem telling all the disciples, it's true, Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. They'd left Jerusalem hopeless, thinking, well, Jesus, we had so many hopes about Jesus, but he's been arrested, tortured, crucified. 
And some women had said he was alive, and now they know he's alive. And they rush back to Jerusalem. Because Jesus meets them. And Jesus explains that it has to be that way. He has to suffer. He has to die. It's the only way of dealing with sin which separates us from a holy God. Here is our story in Luke 2. Mary and Joseph finding Jesus they thought they had lost. Just like those two disciples on the road. And they hear Jesus said, I had to be in my father's house. Didn't you know where I would be. In Mary's defense, she was not the last one to not quite understand what Jesus means all the time. To understand that her son was the unique son of God, God the son. But there would come a time when Mary herself would receive Jesus, her son, as her savior, her Lord recognizing who he was. And maybe at that time, this reference would have come back to her as well. I love this picture of a 12-year-old Jesus in the temple, listening and talking to the teachers. I would have loved to know what he said to them. To be in that mini Bible study with Jesus, the 12-year-old. Here he was in the temple courts, God in the flesh, unrecognized yet, God had come himself. No longer did he have to speak through prophets to capture people's attention. But notice he sits and listens to them and asks questions of them. And everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. But it's this key phrase Didn't you not know I had to be in my father's house? Jesus is conscious of his relationship with his father. Now Moses, who had built the tabernacle, that forerunner to the temple where they met with God. David, who had been the first to have that vision to build the temple in Jerusalem. Solomon, who actually built the temple in Jerusalem. No prophet, no priest, no king had ever called or referred to the temple in this way. This holy place set aside for the presence of God. Jesus says, it's my dad's house. It's my father's house. Did you not know I had to be there? And it's one of many references that just blow us away when we listen to Jesus' words. If you've seen me, he says, you've seen the Father in heaven. The Father and I are one. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I'm going to come back so that you're going to be with me in my Father's house. And one of his most famous stories, the parable of the prodigal son, is more about the father's love than the son. It gives us that picture of God as a father to us. The son who had rebelled and and drifted away. 
and found himself just without anything. And he, he thinks, oh, if I just come home, I'll be like a servant. I'll be better off as a servant in my father's house. Jesus tells this story to tell us how much God the Father loves us. And as he turns around, the Father sees him because he's been looking for him for so long. And he hitches up his robes and he runs to his son. And he embraces him and he throws this huge party for his son. This is how much we're loved, says Jesus. How much you and I are loved by an eternal heavenly Father. And when Jesus teaches his disciples to pray because they're they're amazed by his intimacy with his Father, they say, teach us to pray. He says, when you pray, you can call God your heavenly Father, Abba, your Daddy, when you pray. Here as a 12-year-old boy, Jesus is conscious of this. Here in the temple courts, in that place of sacrifice and prayer, that Jesus actually will replace. There will be no more need for sacrifices. Because Jesus, when he comes back to Jerusalem that final time, will give his life for this lost and broken world. That whoever, whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. He will be crucified. He will be laid in a tomb, but he will conquer the grave. That we may know this Father as our heavenly Father. One of the things that strikes people on the Alpha Course when they first join it, first week, we talk about Christianity not as a religion, but as a relationship with God. And it's true. You can't compare Jesus to any other religious leader. He is unique. And he never came to found a religion. He came to call people to follow him. To be followers of Jesus. To trust in him for the forgiveness of sins. To trust in him for life beyond death. To trust in him that he is exactly who he says he is. Not religion, but a relationship, intimacy, a rescue, a deliverance, freedom. All that they'd come to celebrate in the Passover, Jesus has, but not just for Israel, but for the whole of the world. I wonder if you've actually read the account of Jesus' story that Luke tells. When was the last time you sat down and just read through the gospel? Just to remind yourself of the truth of that. If you've never read one of uh, Luke's gospel, I've got some here and I'll just leave them on the table. If you've never read it, just take one before you go. And just maybe in the coming week, just read for yourself Luke's account of the story of Jesus. And ask questions as you read. Who is this Jesus? What do I think of him? Jesus, as a 12-year-old, almost gives us a template for evangelism. He sits down with people and he discusses and he, and he listens and he asks questions. Like a mini alpha course for those religious leaders. And we can follow that as well. 
Do you know we're so desperate to tell people about Jesus, sometimes we try and blurt the whole thing out in one go. And, and people are just like, oh, stunned. You know, if you're not a Christian here this morning and you've had a Christian try and evangelize you, you know what that feels like. And I just want to say, forgive them because they're just trying to get it out. You know, they might only have five minutes to tell you all that they know about Jesus. They're trying to get it all in. And sometimes we don't actually tell you about Jesus because we're afraid of what your reactions will be. So we want to just, you know, play it a little bit low key. But we all want to desperately tell you about Jesus because of the difference he's made in our lives. Just reading that, that um, feedback from the Alpha Course, this is a life that has been transformed in eight weeks because she's encountered Jesus. Maybe you're looking, searching for something just as Mary and Joseph were as they returned back to Jerusalem. Maybe it's Jesus that you're looking for. John, in his gospel, as he begins his gospel, says, to all who received Jesus, to everyone who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. C.S. Lewis is famous for allowing only three options as we talk about Jesus. Someone says to you, who do you think Jesus is? Well, C.S. Lewis says, well, he's, he's either a, a, a liar, a con man, because who else would come up with all those stuff if, you know, if it wasn't true? He's, he's conning us. Or he's a lunatic. That he's actually not very well. Or, amazingly, it's all true. What Jesus says. And if I were to ask you, where would you put Jesus in those categories? Maybe you could answer for yourself. We believe that Jesus is our hope. He's transformed our lives. He's given us a reason to live, meaning and purpose in our lives. And here, at the age of 12, Mary hears these words, Did you not know I had to be in my father's house? And she treasured them all in her heart. And then we don't hear about Jesus until he begins his public ministry says he returned to Nazareth and was obedient to them. Would you like to know Jesus? Would you like to know him more? He loves you. Maybe today's a day for making a commitment or just a stand or just saying, I'm going to look into this. I'm going to sign up for a future Alpha course when it comes along. Let's pray together. I want to pray for especially anyone who is searching for that meaning and purpose in life.